R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Re-e-a audio. Re-e-a audio. Re-e-a audio. Re-e-a audio. Re-e-a audio. Re-e-a audio. Re-employability. Re-e-a audio. Re-e-a-audio. Re-e-a-audio. Season two. Season two. Season two. Who can tell me how to eat an elephant? Well, most of you probably know the answer. It's one bite at a time, right? It's the same with running a marathon. If you think at the beginning, holy cow, I have to run 26.2 miles, you're going to psych yourself out right at the start. But if you look at it from the perspective of, say, five miles at a time or one mile at a time, it makes that endeavor much, much more manageable. What if your starting point isn't after six months of regimented training, but after coming out of a coma, hearing from someone that you may never walk again? This week, we finish our conversation with Erica Hazelton, who talks about her fight from near death after being hit by a tractor trailer to the accomplishment of running a marathon and even loftier goals than that. Erica, you're back for week two. Thank you so much. I know we kind of abruptly ended, um, but I wanted to make sure that we had enough time to be able to go into some of the stuff that you have accomplished outside of just what you've done with Rehab Without Walls um, as as you've recovered from from your brain injury. Uh, So far, just an amazing story. Um, Before we started recording last time, we kind of got on the subject of running and you and I both like to run and uh, you told me a story about a marathon that you just accomplished, which is amazing for anyone who doesn't have a traumatic brain injury. How did you get into running and tell us how you how you accomplished this? Uh, What kind of fueled my fire um, is I, I, when I would hear from Josh, people were telling me like there was a chance I could never, I would never walk again, or I would never shower alone again. I was like, no, it, it kind of pissed me. I mean, not that I should get mad, but I was like, no, I can't. Well, with the, with my specific brain injury, which is a level three diffuse axle injury, traumatic brain injury, level three DAI TBI much easier. Oh, yeah. Um, it, I, I struggle to sleep, meaning I, I have, uh, I haven't slept a full night since the accident, October, 2018. So don't worry. I'm on medicine for it. And, uh, okay. um, so like before I was my neurologist prescribing medicine, I was up at three to 4am and I could not go back to sleep. So my husband was like, why don't you just, this is before I was running. He was like, why don't you just get up and walk? And so I was like, okay. So I would, I just got up and started walking outside. And so then I got bored of walking. And so he was like, why don't you just run a mile? Well, so then I started running and then I got bored of one mile and then I ran two miles. And then the next thing you know, I've run a marathon. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) So So you you weren't into it before before your accident no it all came after sorry right and so what running does for me like medically it i so i I never had real anxiety before the accident but after the accident i just like everything gave me so much anxiety i just like and i I carry my my anxiety in my jaw so whenever i do that Mm. josh be like what are you anxious about? I was like, yeah. I don't know. I just need to go run. And yeah, so yeah. the running helped me more than any medicine that my neurologist prescribed me. And I'm, I'm 
lucky or blessed enough to be able to run because a lot of people with traumatic brain injuries like I have can't run. So I found that outlet and it helps me with my anxiety. Yeah. When, when you were rehabbing just to learn how to walk again, Mm -hmm. um, did you ever imagine that you'd run a marathon? No, No. never. Yeah. So how did this is, this is the, like the typical news guy question that I absolutely hate. But when you finished that marathon, what did you feel? Uh, I just, like, I did it. Yeah. I, I just ran 26 miles. I And, like, I, I didn't have the, feel, the, the thought, like, I almost died three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just ran 26 miles. Am I crazy or am I a badass? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I go with the second one, I think, for sure. <laughs> uh, I've run marathons too, and I don't like it when people call me crazy. So I hear you. I hear yeah. you. So what, what other things are you doing, are you planning on doing that you think that uh, three years ago, four years ago, what, right as you were coming out of your accident, people would be like, sorry, Erica, that's not going to happen. After I've done the one marathon, it's kind of like a cult or an addiction like I want to run another and so I would love I'm sure you know this but the Boston Marathon mm-hmm. is obviously up in Boston but you have to qualify for that and so I'm 30 by the time I'm 40 I want to have run the Boston Marathon okay. and you know what if an 18 well how I tell my husband if an 18 wheeler can't kill me the Boston Marathon cannot kill me either. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> Professionally, um, so what I was doing um, before I worked at Rehab Without Walls, Rehab Without Walls I was a claims adjuster. Um, but I just wasn't, after after my unique life experience, I wanted to do something more of my life. Mm-hmm. Well, so um, I did, I um, left that job and obviously started working at Rehab Without Walls. And professionally, my goal right now, and it's as cheesy as this sound. This is the cheesy. You just gave me the newscaster. I'm going to give you the cheesy yeah, answer. Um, I just, I want to be the best Rio Without Walls representative. And I, I just, because it's not just about hitting quota for me or a paycheck for me. Like I believe in this product and I want to help the next survivor and caregiver because there's a reason I'm still alive and mm. I'm going to go tell everyone about it yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm the sales manager here at, at um, reemployability and uh, I tell people all the time when when a when a salesperson tells me oh, I don't want to bother somebody I don't want to make that extra call because I feel like I'm being a pain I I always say and this again this is very cliche for sales managers but I say listen if you had the cure to cancer would you not want to tell everybody about it so if you truly believe in the product that you have, that it is going to help people, just like I believe, you know, our transition to work program helps injured workers get back to work. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to bother somebody about it? You know, why wouldn't you want to, you know, with with the most passion that you have, explain to them, listen, this is going to help people. There's a reason why we do this and it's successful. And it sounds like you feel that way about Rehab Without Walls. Yes, Todd. I, that is exactly how I feel. Like I want to be annoying. I want. I want the door shut, slam in my face. Tell yeah. me, block me, leave me. Tell me, 
leave me alone. But until that that happens, I'm going to keep knocking. Gosh, hey, you want a job? (laughs) Um, Do you ever feel like that would be a calling of yours is to be of assistance to folks that that might have might be going through things that you went through a couple years ago? Yes, 100%. That is one of my like, you know, when I, what I've told Andrea, like, I would love to like be a support system for a survivor because like I've lived it and you know, it's hard. What, what I've had to go through, it's hard and you have hard days, but like I can empathize and say, keep going. It yeah. will get better. So if, if you knew that there was somebody listening to this podcast right now uh, who is experiencing similar things, maybe they're just, maybe they're just becoming aware of what they have to face moving forward or someone has made a comment to them about, you know, you're not going to be able to do this or you're never going to be in the, at this level of either career or family. What kind of advice would you give those people? I would, my advice would, I would tell a survivor, you're not alone. And that would be the first thing. You're not alone. Maybe your husband, your wife, your parents, they don't have brain injuries, but, and they can be sympathetic. So, but you're not alone in what you're feeling and keep going. You will have hard days. You'll have bad days. You'll be depressed. It will be hard. But keep going because it is so worth it when you run your marathon. And while I ran an actual marathon, 26 miles, your marathon might be getting out of bed and walking the living room. That is so great because you did it on your own. That's great. Mm-hmm. And props to you. So I would love to tell people like, it'll be hard, but keep going. Do you feel like people treat you differently when they hear about your experience? Um, now less and less because next month it'll be four years from um, the accident. But early on, they did because I um, I, I had a negative prognosis and mm-hmm. what I learned how to cope with it. And the way I coped with it is I would just remove those people from my life. Not We didn't have a falling out, but like I didn't need that negativity in my life because I already had a negative prognosis. Like there was a chance I would never live or, you know, Mm -hmm. so I didn't need any negativity. And you can make that choice, right? Right. Because I'm alive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think unfortunately a lot of people don't always realize that they have the choice to either, listen to those people or not listen to those people and and they can just choose what they focus on and focusing on the positive is gonna you know bring i i'm always amazed and and earlier podcasts that i had done with with someone else regarding um you know rehabilitation and things we always go back to the fact that your body can really do anything that your mind allows it to do right Mm -hmm. and and i think so many times we think it's the body that affects the mind you know what, like my leg hurts today, so I'm going to have a bad day. Your, your pain, your physical affects your mental, but it is so the other way around. You can so dictate how your body feels by what you think and pay attention to. And I think you're a great example of that. Todd, I totally agree. It is a mental war. 
like before I ran the marathon, I hadn't done a long run in two weeks. So I was like, I'm not able to do it. So it was just a mental war. And mm-hmm. I won because I was in control. And I told myself, you're going to do it because you don't have another option. You do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So. Erica, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Two weeks. Uh, I know we took a lot away from your work day and, and from your family. And it's been really. A I know you wanted to talk to me more. I did. Well, you know, <laughs> I hope you come back sometime. Would you do that? Yes. Awesome. Thanks, Erica. Rehab Without Walls is the organization that you're with. Um, they're doing wonderful things. Um, you can check out their website if you wish to get more information. And uh, Erica, I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for listening to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. You can find us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. That's the best place for feedback and show suggestions. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listen to rea.com. If you have a story to tell or you know someone who does, please don't be shy. Email Todd at reemployability.com or tell us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. By the way, if you want more information about Rehab Without Walls, you can visit rehabwithoutwalls.com. We're going to put a link in the show notes. Have a great rest of your week.